0: Are you an adult with dyslexia? Are you longing for more in your life than the constant, relentless push and pull on your emotions that dyslexia can bring? What about those physical demands that require you to constantly shift gears, rethink? Can I do this? Well, my name is Hope, and I am your host. And I understand because I was diagnosed as an adult with dyslexia, and I often believed that I wasn't enough. Fear and shame were my constant companion. Until I met Christ, then everything changed. This podcast, Make Room for More, is devoted to encouraging and inspiring adults with dyslexia to make more room in their life for Christ. You will hear biblical truth that will uplift and challenge you to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Thank you for joining me. When God meets us at the well, I encourage you to read John 4, verses 1 through 42. There is only one reason we go to a well. We need something from it, something vital, something nourishing and satisfying. Yet, although the Samaritan woman had access to water, she was perishing inside for lack of water. Starting a writing ministry and operating a business, I believed I had several strikes against me. I am an older woman of color and have what the world would call a learning disability. And like the woman Jesus met at the well, I often wait until no one is around to approach life. So she waited until the sixth hour, which is at noon, the hottest part of the day. When all the other women had come and gone to draw water, to draw near to the well to fill her water pot. Why? Because she is hiding something. What? Maybe it was fear of the past, the present, and or the future. I imagine the Samaritan woman was on edge, about to give up. So most likely she had no real friends. Maybe her family had disowned her or she was away from home. We are told that she had been married five times and was now living with a man that was not her husband. We may surmise that she had been put away by the other men in her life, but we don't know. Maybe one of her husbands died. We just don't know. However, her decision to come to the well at noonday gives us a clue that maybe she was not in step with her fellow peers of the day. I suspect She knew all about shame, isolation, loneliness. They were probably her constant companion. Besides that, she was of a mixed race, a hated race. I imagine she was startled when she approached the well, probably deep in thought, yet hoping that no one would be there, only to find a man, a Jew, sitting on the well. Now what? Would he harass her? And chase her away? Let's pause for a moment. When I started my dyslexic writing ministry, I was afraid of success more than failure. Success felt overwhelming. How would I be able to manage success? I told myself that I didn't know what success looked like and if I was successful, I was afraid that it would replace my need for God. Would I forget God? I wasn't sure. Yet I knew God had called me to work with him and for him. I wasn't confused about that. So I hid myself behind my podcast, the text ministry, the websites, the book publishing. I wouldn't even put my picture on my website or on the back of the cover of my books. I have a PhD, which very few people even know about. I call that humility. But was it? With trepidation, I once gave a fearful shout-out when I launched my most recent website. I did that just once. When I published my first book, I gave another small shout-out just once. And I never brought the subject up again. So what was I afraid of? Better yet, what was I ashamed of? What was holding me back? After much prayer and studying the Word of God, I finally concluded I needed to meet Jesus at the well because I too had access to water, but needed the living water. I had allowed dyslexia and its impact on my life and a host of other things to dehydrate my spirit. I was reading my Bible, but the water wasn't entering into my cells, carrying the living nutrients throughout my body. The beautiful lesson I learned from the Samaritan woman was that she didn't shy away from Christ that day. He noticed her. He was kind to her. He was open. There was no judgment. Even when he told her of her past and her current situation, she could not pull herself away from him. I imagine she saw love and kindness and compassion in his eyes. And she was drawn to him. I also imagined the sound of his voice awakening her a joy she had longed for and dared to dream about. So I decided to meet Jesus at the well. I know that Jesus will be there waiting for me. I know he will offer me living water and give me his strength to take up the cup and drink deeply. There are promises in this water because this water represents the word of God. And when we drink his water, Our life becomes a fountain of life that Jesus poured himself into. We receive to give. We become a spring in the desert, welling up to refresh all and making those who are ready to perish, eager to drink the water of life. Isn't that the most incredible thing you've ever heard? And we can experience it every day. If I partake of this living water, I know I will be nourished and satisfied. And it is important to note that Jesus will only give me enough water just for today. Tomorrow is not promised. And if it comes, it will hold its own set of needs that yesterday's supply of water cannot satisfy. Are you ending 2022 dry as those bones found in Ezekiel? Are you in need of the living water as you enter the new year? I stopped making New Year's resolutions years ago. But one thing is for certain, I need the living water every day, not just to start off a new year. Jesus knows where the parched places are and exactly how much living water I need today. So with faith, I let him measure it out and what he pours into me, to my bucket, to my cup, to my heart, to my mind, if it seems too little, I will trust him that he knows what he is doing, that he will only give me enough for today. But there's a catch. It's a fair exchange. We give Christ what we are afraid of, what hurts us, what disappoints us. We give him our shame. We give him what he asks for, whatever stands in between us. We name it. We describe it. We discuss it with him. We become vulnerable. We become transparent. Then we just hand it over. Just like that. You can wrap it up in a pretty box if you like. Whatever you need to do, do it. What is important and vital is that we give him whatever holds us back from drinking and being nourished by the living water. Be it fear and disappointment, make the exchange. He gives us living water to quench our thirst for peace, courage, joy, deliverance, you name it. And when we give Christ everything in us that's holding us back from him about this new year, don't forget to also give him those hidden places. I love this text, Isaiah 61 and 2. Arise and shine for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Here's a promise to claim as we close. John seven thirty eight. He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That is what happens when we drink deeply from the well. Next week, we will continue our discussion on when Jesus meets us at the well. Thank you for tuning in each week to Make Room for More. If you would like to listen to archive shows, you may do so by going to www.makeroomformorepodcast.buddsprout.com. Once again, thank you so very much for joining us and have a wonderful week.